Hallo, you are listening to Studium Generale, the podcast of the Erasmus University. My name is David Boeren, program maker science, and together with my colleagues, I organize lectures, workshops, film screenings, and more for students, but also for non-students, to broaden their horizon. Scientifically proven sex tips. It might sound like a joke at first, but at Erasmus University, much research is being done on intimate relationships, love, and sexuality at the Erasmus Love Lab. During our discussion evening, Let's Talk About Sex, we therefore talked about all things sex. From the right music to set the mood, to what makes good sex good. In the second part of the evening, I interviewed escort and public speaker Lisette Mepchen for one of the sofa beds of the Love Lab. At the age of 20, she started working as an escort, after which she set up her own escort agency. She shared with us her insight on being comfortable with your body, consent, and how to feel good during sex. Are you interested in more of these kinds of lectures? Then check out our website, social media, or YouTube channel at SG Erasmus for our upcoming events, or as you're doing right now, to listen to some of our previous events. Have fun listening to this interview. You know, I didn't tell my girlfriend I would be guess, sitting in a band with someone today, so I, if she's watching, oh, it's not live, she's not watching, so... Uh, <laughs> I have to set that you tonight. Can talk to her tonight. Yes, I will, I will ask for forgiveness. Uh, are you comfortable? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Lisette, I think uh, first question for you: Who are you, and what, what is your, what is your work? Yeah. Who am I? That's a big one, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I go by the name of Lisette. Um, formerly, it was Lisette. It was my working name, but now I just work with my regular name. And I'm a sex worker, which can mean a lot of things. Uh, basically, it's every uh, professional person who works with sexuality and arousal, um, but doesn't have a degree like Daphne does. Um, so I could be a stripper or sell my panties online or maybe self-pleasure ASMR sound bites oh. um, or do prostitution, which is also uh, an umbrella term uh, for like working at a brothel, at a... Uh, the Wallen, maybe you know yeah. that, um, or escorting, and that's what I do. And what are the differences between that? Yeah, the differences is that um, I go to my clients, so they make an appointment, and I go to their hotel room or their home, and they don't visit me. Okay. Yeah. And how did you start doing this work? Well, I actually started by webcamming, and it wasn't something I just thought of, woke up in the morning and thought, well, let's start that today. Uh, but I was looking for a flexible job, um, didn't need to, to make a lot of money, but just wanted to do something fun. And I started Googling something and I found a website about webcamming. So the first time I thought, no, this isn't for me. Then the second one, I maybe looked at some profiles and well, I got curious. And so I asked my former boyfriend if he would be okay with it if I started. And he was. I and see. he was, so I started doing that. And um, after a few months of that, um, some people wanted to uh, see me live and have um, a, a sexual day with me. And I was uh, too scared at first because I also had the idea that prostitution was a very dangerous um, sector to be working in um, until I found this really, really sweet guy um, online in my webcaming um, chat box. 
and he wanted to see me also. And I thought, well, I feel safe with you, so let's do that. Okay. And it was my first time. And how, how did that go? Um, I remember that he was way more nervous than I was. <laughs> 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 and um, that relaxed at me. And also, strangely, when he was the one who wanted the appointment, he still was waiting for me to guide him through it. Like, yeah, yeah a bit helpless. So um, now I realize after a lot of years that's, that's what I do in my, my job. I give them um, a space to explore. But you guide yeah, them. I guide them, yeah. Because yeah. you call it space holding. Like you, you give them space. What do you, what do yeah. you mean with that? Um, well, it basically means that I put my own needs um, at the back to create a safe space for them to explore their um, sexual self and sexual expression and um, <laughs> play with that between my own limits, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and can you give some examples of how, how that works? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I uh, beginning this year, I dated... Uh, uh, non-binary person <coughs> who was used to having sex um, mostly out of the male energies. So they wanted to explore how um, they could have sex with female or male or non-existing um, energies and, and um, explore with me. And so that's what we did. Um, and how I created that, that's by uh, being confident myself and showing that I don't judge them and you can feel free and play yeah. me. Because I can imagine that comfortability is something very important in your job and you just talked about, well, the first time you went and met, met someone and it was kind of like, well, it was, it's more exciting maybe for you than for him. Mm -hmm. um, how, how, does that, how, how is comfortability important in your job? Like being comfortable, being comfortable in my body. Comfortable with yourself, with yeah. your body. Um, I think it's the, the base of... Um, how I give the other one uh, the permission to feel free. Because I, when I enter a room and I'm nervous and shy and I want to show my body, they will feel shy too and think, oh no, this, is, this isn't the place for me to be naked and feel confident because she isn't. Uh, so by giving myself permission and showing myself being confident just in the way that I am, um, showing my own insecurities also, I give them the room to also be free in that. And were you like that the first time you started doing this, right? You, you have to work for it. Can I yeah. Well, of course, I've been doing this for 12 years now. Um, so I've grown. I've uh, I adapted my skills to do what I think is, is um, helping the other more and also do what I like. Um, but when I think back of those, of the first time, the, um, the one from the webcaming, I think it's also a natural thing that I do but I'm just, I'm just an open person also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, how has the, your career developed over the past 12 years? Because we were talking before as well, like, I mean, you started with webcamming and, and meeting with some people, and now you, well, you're, you're at your own escort agency for a while. What, yeah. well, how did that happen? How did you, well, develop yourself in this career? Because, I, I mean, there's not, the, there's not escort school you go to, so yeah, how did uh, it go? Most of it happened uh, after I decided to uh, just work independently. Um, I did, I studied psychology for a bit, and... I used the skills I learned there, the, the information I learned there, uh, but also um, following workshops and reading books about self-development and uh, professional development and uh, combining the, 
the information with the, my experience. Um, so also I read Ellen Lan's book. Um, she's amazing. <laughs> and um, that um, opened my eyes in how sexual development also works. Because when I started, I, it was normal for me to do like sexual initiations for people who don't have a lot of experience. And, and what, yeah, what is a sexual initiation? Yeah, like I don't like the, the, the term losing your virginity because you're not losing oh. anything. I, I, I don't like right. the term you losing my virginity or l helping someone to lose their virg virginity because you don't lose anything and virginity is such a weird concept, I think. Um, so with I think you keep cutting in out. Ah, <laughs> back. Yes. <laughs> uh, initiations, um, I mean, the, the guidance in the first steps into sexuality mm. or the first new steps, because I also see people who have experience, but only in a certain way of having sex, and I guide them in a more conscious, connected way of having and playing. Uh, and and what sex. is a conscious, connecting way as opposed to, well, <laughs> just, just, just doing it? Just doing it, I um, guess? Yeah. Um, the difference for me is what I started noticing in the years um, with a lot of people is that they're having sex in their head and they're, they're not feeling what is, what is actually happening, but they have, I think it's a sexual script uh, about, about how it should look like and who they are should be in sex. And uh, they act that out instead of actually feeling in the moment what what the sensation is in the body, how they feel about the other person, what the chemistry is between them. Um, so the the difference for me is is that's another the way to have sex, and the connective way is feeling it and creating the sexual experience and what is about to happen in the moment in what you're feeling and the connection with the other person. But how do you get, well, how do you get someone to, to that in the moment feeling? Because yeah. I can imagine everybody has followed the <laughs> sexual script once or twice in his life. Yeah, I also and, uh, have, How do you yeah. get there? Because I, I can imagine that's pretty difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do, um, I, I use a combination of tools for, t for my um, service to help people with that. Um, but one of the most important thing is to be comfortable in the moment, in um, your sensations in your body. And that's, that's easy to do when what you're feeling is nice and fun and okay. But when you're having sex with someone, it's uh, prone to happen that you get nervous or shy or maybe something happens and you get ashamed. And it's also important to, to be able to be with that kind of emotions and to... Um, give space to that. So mindfulness is a good tool for that, I think. Um, what I also like to use is th the wheel of consent is what I yeah. teach, but that's like that's a framework with, with teaches um, what divides who is giving and receiving. And it's very interesting, but it's way too difficult to go in tonight, so, uh, into it tonight. So if you want to know more about it, then Google it. <laughs> um, but can you give yeah. an example of someone you've been with who you well went with one of these trips, like how that, that you did this with, and how you got them to be more self-accepting or maybe more in the moment? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, last year I had uh, this um, with a lesbian woman of 50 years, and she's uh, autistic, and because of this, she thinks she she didn't have the opportunity in this, her social life to explore. Um, and she still wants to experience uh, 
the, the sexuality with another woman. Uh, so I did six appointments with her. And at first she was really nervous and um, scared also a bit. So the first time I touched her, she couldn't really uh, stay with it. Um, so I practiced meditation with her and gradually um, built up uh, the, our physical way of touching. So first times we cuddled, then sometimes we kissed, then we got naked and cuddled, and then some feeling up a bit while mm. we we're kissing, and then, um, yeah, she started to feel more relaxed in that way. So in a sense, you also like provide sexual education well, for adults, actually. Yeah, 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 that's my goal, yeah. And, and is there something maybe with that, that's lacking? We talked about sexual education before, or abstinence only doesn't really work, but is there something that we are lacking now in our sexual education that well, you provide that we all could learn from here tonight? That, that sexual education now misses. Sexual like education now misses, or what's something we can learn now, uh, nowadays? I don't know, really know how sexual education looks like uh, these days, but I think, um, I think still it's mostly about the, the uh, STDs, and we can talk way more about how you communicate what you want, how you feel, how do you feel what you want, that's the first thing, then how you communicate it, how do you deal with people who don't want to do what you would like to do, and how do you... Uh, uh, I don't know. The how do you discuss or discuss yeah, negotiate, negotiate what, you what, you, what, what it's about to do? And, and also, how do you do this in an exciting way and not losing the excitement of the moment and the sexual tension and it making it clinical, fun? Very yeah. Yeah, like what do you yeah, like, what like you want to do? I don't like it to have to make a contract before no. I <laughs> have sex, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, and what do you think we can learn from your work? Because I think there's a lot of well, cliches or maybe uh, idea preconceptions that people have. What are some of the things we can learn or maybe some things that we shouldn't think anymore, you think? Uh, one big thing that I learned is that um, uh, there's something beautiful in everybody and I can find something um, arousing or uh, intimate in, in every relation that I get. And um, one big thing that we sex workers do is we always negotiate what we do during an appointment. So we are very good at consent and also communicating what we're up to, what, what we are open to do. Uh, that's my whole website is just that, showing who I am and what I like. Um, so I think that's a big point too. Because that's something I also want to ask you about, because I wonder like, you talk about consent and if, of course if someone comes to you for an appointment they maybe want specific things and you have to discuss that how how does that go uh, how does that work how do you start discussing that yeah it's very, that is very clinical i would assume maybe it could be um and i had people come up to me uh with a list of things they'd like to do during a date yeah. <laughs> um like a checklist yeah like a checklist yeah, yeah. and sometimes i did that because i like to do assignments but um, <laughs> um um for me, actually, having a good date is getting in, in some kind of flow. So even if someone has um, um, pre-described fantasies or things they'd like to do, for me now, uh, what I do is I have a list on my website what I'm up to, what I'm open to do, and I like to um, be in the moment and see what happens then to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so it's not, it's just it's sometimes can be a list, but sometimes you can also just discuss or like see what happens. Yeah, even if someone comes with a list now, I'll just say it's good to know that you like this kind of stuff. But let's see in the moment what happens. And most of the times, when I'm in the connection with a person and I know he, they like a, a certain kind of thing, 
I'll be up to do it because I'm in the moment, I'm having fun, and I want to give someone the pleasure. Yeah, nice. Okay, <laughs> well, I want to go back a little bit. Maybe we talked about all the cliches from your side, but what are, uh, what are the type of people you encounter in your work uh, more? Like, what, uh, what are some preconceptions we might have that we should talk about? Um, well, I think uh, the, the biggest stigma on, the, on my clients is that they are dirty old men. I think that's the one I hear, hear the most. And um, I actually see people of all kinds of ages, genders, and um, also all kinds of problems. I, I do have people with social anxiety, um, but also like someone who can easily date someone but just doesn't want to hassle and likes to be clear in the appointment and doesn't want to date anyone. So it's it's really diverse. So. And, and, and are there sometimes people that, well, that stick with you, that maybe yeah, you change their lives in a way, but do they change your life as well? Like, oh, some, I was uh, dreaming away. D do they change my life as well? Yeah. That's what's good, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do, they do actually. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful of you to, to ask me. Um, I do have one client now, the, he is um, getting euthanized this oh. uh, Thursday um, because he has a SMA, that's a, it's a, 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 a muscle disease, I think, and he's in a wheelchair, he got COVID, and now, um, yeah, he decided to, um, to end his life. And I know, I've known him for years, and he's been really important in in my personal development and learning because he loves to um, indulge me with gifts and go out for dinner. And and for me, learning that um, giving can also be a pleasure for someone and seeing that I am completely able to receive and enjoy that um, was a big lesson for me to learn. Oh. So he did that for me. And also like, yeah, I meet so many beautiful people and have really intimate moments with them um, it's hard that they don't change my life or pers perspective in any way. Oh, <laughs> uh, very interesting, <laughs> very deep. Um, I do. I, I, I wonder about the relationship you build up. Maybe when you're asking this, like if some people visit you maybe for years after each other. How how does that work? Is it gonna be difficult to balance? Som is it sometimes overburdening? Maybe. Um, yeah, I did have to learn to set my boundaries uh, a few years back. I think it's eight years ago now, maybe five, but um, yeah, I, I, I did have clients who didn't see the the boundaries clear between my private life and my working life, um, but that's mainly because I didn't set them, because I wasn't clear about uh, this line and no further, you can't go to my home or you can't call me every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen or, or not? That happened, okay. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it doesn't happen now anyway, because I, I, I'm very clear in what they can expect of me, and I communicate with them if things change. Okay. And then maybe it makes me think of the cliche question always to ask, how does your private life, well, think about the work that you do? <laughs> like, it's kind of a cliche to ask, but... Yeah, um, my uh, partner now, I met him during a date, uh, during, uh, via a dating app, and um, I was completely honest about my work from the start, and he thought he would be very jealous, but um, actually after a few months he thought, oh, well, I don't really think of it, it's just your work. And um, 
sometimes it gets difficult because I do have clients who I see more often and I do get feelings uh, for them. Um, and for okay. me, that's, for me, it's like, yeah, it's normal because I, I can feel a lot of love. I can, if I can fall in love pretty easily and that I love someone else doesn't mean I don't love him or lo love him less. But it's still for him sometimes difficult to sit with that, and yeah, we talk about it. I must mean, assume that you communicate about it. That's yeah, quite yeah, important. yeah. And I think from your job, you learn to communicate quite, quite well. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> I do. Okay. Um, well, we'll talk some more. I think with the three of us, uh, we spend enough time in bed for now. <laughs> yeah, we can always go back <laughs> later to talk. To talk. My girlfriend is watching. <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody, please give a, once more a warm applause to the Thank you. That was the lecture. Interested in more? Then check out our website, social media, or our YouTube channel, at SG Erasmus, for upcoming events, or as you did just now, to listen to some of our previous events. Thanks for listening.